I'm Gail. I'm Gail. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a hundred pounder. I'll start with you. Oh, why not? Okay. So, Lauren, thank you for asking me to speak. Um, thank you for having me here. I used to go to the log cabin one once in a while, but my husband and I kind of spend um, Saturday mornings together. So, and he's out of town today, so I get to be here. Um, I owe. Overeaters Anonymous, everything, my life. My abstinence is still... Oh, I want to... I'll, I'll go back. I have to tell you my abstinence is the most important thing in the world to me. Bear nothing. I came into OA via Jack. I was at 29 years ago. Next month, I guess, whenever Hanukkah is, we were at a Hanukkah party. We both have... We have a mutual friend. And we went to high school together. And we I weighed almost 300 pounds. And I don't... I think you weighed 325. And so, you know... <laughs> Something like that. So we were. That's where we were in high school. Um, my top. My top weight is. Um, is my top known weight is 265. I dieted before I came into the program. Let me explain why. Okay. I. Um, I. I met Jack at a Hanukkah party in 1988, and he was drinking a cup of coffee, and I was binging on what is was on the coffee table. That's all. I'm not going to say what, but you could, you could get, you go, if you're here, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, and I looked up at him and I recognized him from high school and we connected and I said, why aren't you eating? Because <laughs> you're at a Hanukkah party and you could do the, you don't, you don't have to sneak it. You could just do it out in public, right? So, um, I, so I, so I thought, oh my goodness gracious, why aren't you eating? And he said, I don't eat in between meals. And I thought, what is that? I, that's like not language I knew because I, I, I ate all the time, obviously. So um, anyway, so um, I came in. I, then I, I found out from Jack. I, I think I, ca- I called him. We didn't have email. I didn't have email back then and internet and all that stuff like we have now. So I called him and he sent me a copy of the, you know, the um, program, li- the um, meeting list. And I wound up in February. That's how long it took me. I dieted until February. And I went to my first meeting. Now, I was dating somebody from a different program. And I wanted to speak his language. So that was my main reason for coming into OA. <laughs> you know, I was, it was true. I, I wanted to speak their language because they all, I hung out with all of them. And I was not a drug addict. And they were all drug addicts. Extra gags. They were all in recovery. And um, I wanted to speak the language. But I never took drugs in my life because I... Food for me was everything. I never drank. I never took drugs. I never gambled. I didn't any of that stuff. I just could not stop eating. So I went to my first meeting and I found a home. And it's, it's very my. So I've been absent. February twenty first, nineteen eighty nine, will be twenty nine years. And I've maintained over a hundred pound weight loss for that. You know coming down all that time but what happens is is okay so I came, I became six years ago unless I got to be 60 years old six that was six years ago and I've noticed my metabolism is like slowing down so I've been trying to exercise more and my weight's up like around 10 pounds and lo and behold what do you think it is I thought okay I'm a vegan why 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 is my weight going up so I decided to eat protein again and then my weight still stayed the same so what I got to look at is what's going on I had I'm, I'm talking in backwards I think because this is what's going on and I'll go back to how it was so anyway so um, what's going on so I was having um, dinner with a girlfriend before an OA meeting two weeks ago we go to the Thursday night women's meeting in the valley in Studio City and she was I was saying like 
God, this 10 pounds. I started eating chicken and fish again. I went back to what I did to lose all my 100, over 100 pounds and the whole thing, and nothing's going on. Nothing's happening. She said, you must have a resentment you're holding on to. And I thought, fuck you. Oh. Oh my God! I didn't say it. You know, she means she meant she was right. By the way, we we help each other so much in here. I can't even believe it. And I, by the way, this is what I want to. Okay, I'm sorry. I swore. Sorry about sorry about that. But um, but anyway, we were sitting there, and I was thinking, and I, I didn't want to take that in. Well, I did. I did know she was right right away, and I didn't say what I just said. Now I didn't say that, but I thought I thought how could that be? I've, I've worked the steps a thousand times. How could I have any resentments left? And then over the next week or so, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, I sure do. I am holding on to some resentments. So I get to guess what? Um, I get to go back and work on that now. So anyway, I already made an appointment with somebody to read my writing and start doing the work because I don't want this 10 pounds on me. So anyway, so let's go back. So I came into OA and I weighed around 265. And I couldn't stop eating, but that was I never thought I would be able to stop overeating. I never thought that. And I want to give an example of what that looks like. I know you all probably know, but I lived in a condo at the time. I was single. I lived in a condo in Studio City, and you had to be buzzed in, and I lived by the pool. So it's kind of like a maze. You have to go to the back of the um, building. I wanted to be by the pool. That's where I wanted to be. And so I buzzed some people, a couple in. That I work, I work with a lady. I buzz them in, and guess what? Oh my God! I had to down a box of cereal in order to have enough nerve to open the door. And that's what that's before a program, before a program. Because what I found was I was really successful in my business. I was the entertainment business manager, and I was really successful. And I would, I was, I, I'm so sorry I'm being taped because I want to say I'm a breaker that's what I was told that I was like so rough and tough with people you know and I would tell them where they could spend their money and all this stuff and I was very successful at it in entertainment for a lot of years and what happened was I had a lot of amends to make I'm telling you but um so but I couldn't open my front door so go figure I could not open my front door without numbing my feelings because I didn't know I was 37 years old when I came into OA so I had been in my early 30s I couldn't I, I never learned, and it's nobody's fault, I just, I never learned, maybe my parents never taught me, I don't really even care at this point, I never learned how to, when something happened, process it properly. I went to food by the time I was five years old, so I never was able to process, you know, stub my toes, cry, go to mommy and daddy, no, I never did that, so I just ate. And I ate, and I ate from the time I was a little kid. It's so, it's so, so sad to me. I can't even tell you. It's still sad. I had to do that. I was molested when I was 11, and I'm not going to cry about that. But you know, I process, I process all this stuff by doing the step work. I was molested. But I never told my parents because I didn't trust them. I did not trust them ever. And I came home, and this guy bit me all over my face. I was 11 years old, and I never told my parents. And they never even asked me, why do I bite my marks all over my face? So they weren't, they did the best they could do, but they, were, they felt like they were probably, you know, they couldn't handle life very well, so they didn't teach me how. So what I got to do is not learn how to handle life, but stuff my face every time. And it was like, you know, so that's what I did. So I came in, so you got the idea. It wasn't, it wasn't a functional, loving relationship with my body and myself 
but it looked good as far as um, the, the the condo and the, the Mercedes and all that stuff. But it didn't look. It just you know there was no feeling inside. It was just totally numb. And so what I would do is every morning, every night before I go to sleep, I would have to binge to be able to pass out and go to sleep. So that's what I did. So you get the idea. I came into OA. It was a Monday. It was a step study, and. I didn't know what a step was, so all I did is cry the whole time. I just cried. It was somewhere on Hazeltine in, in, in Sherman Oaks. It was this place with cockroaches. It was, there was a light going down around the table. It was somebody's apartment. And we sat around a table, and I just cried. And two lovely ladies took me to my second meeting, which was on 3rd Street in West Hollywood. It was a, a Jewish center of some kind. It was right near Orlando or King's Road. Anyway... And she took me to my second meeting where I found a sponsor and I started working the program. And because I was so shut down, it's taken me 25 years of my program to even open up to people and talk like this. I'm not kidding you. I had no voice. I hadn't, you know, I, I, I people pleased. And I, what I would do is I would always say, I would always say um, what somebody, I thought somebody wanted to hear because I was so scared to be abandoned. If I would have told my truth, I was scared people would walk out the door. I remember being in a restaurant with somebody and they, would, they were saying, um, we were in RJ's, was on Beverly Boulevard. And I was not in program yet. And she said, oh my God, that lady has the most gaudy ring. And I looked at it and I thought, I love the ring. I loved it. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I said, oh yeah, it's very ugly. And I'll never forget that. I gave myself away because I was scared she was walk out of the restaurant if I, just, if I told my truth. That's really sad if I can't be that honest with people. But I couldn't be. So... Anyway, so I started working the steps, and my first sponsor told me what to eat, and I balked. I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? But she didn't tell me the amount, so what I did, thank God. <laughs> so, you know, so I, it was, they, were, they were gigantic bowls of food, but, but I started losing weight, you know, because I wasn't eating what I was eating when I, you know, before program. So um, I would go out to fellowship a lot. As I said, I was single. I would go to breakfast, lunch, and dinner with everybody. I never talked. I never felt part of. I never felt part of, but I, would, I wouldn't talk, but I would watch what people ate, and I would kind of try to mimic what that plate looked like. I had no idea because I never really sat down for like three meals, never. So I want to talk about my abstinence. My abstinence in the beginning was just don't binge, just eat meals. That was something big for me, and I did that for maybe 15 years. I lost all my weight. I, I did that for 15 years. Then I thought, you know, there's some foods I'm struggling with. I'm struggling... Can I talk about, I don't know, I, I, ta- I struggle with croutons on my salads. And I discovered, you know, that wheat is not my friend. You know, flour is not my friend. You know, what happened was I would, I would eat it and then I would get asthma attacks. I never had, I had, didn't have asthma except for that. And I always wanted more. So I put that on my abstinence um, maybe 13, 15 years ago, 13 years ago, somewhere around there. I put it on my abstinence. No flour, no chips, no candy, none of that stuff. Because I didn't want to struggle with anything. So anything I have a struggle with, I put on my abstinence and I just abstain from. They say that, they say, meaning I say this too, but it's like one is too many and a million are not enough. That's for me. That's, you know, that's who I am. So that's the way it is. So it's so much easier of just not, not, not putting it in my mouth. So, and so I don't... I'm going to 10 more minutes, right? So I'm going to talk about, oh, so you understand what, what happened, what it was like, and what it's like now. What it's like now, it will be the next nine minutes or so. So um, 
here I am at age almost 66, I'll be 66 in February, and living my life, having a good life. You know, I figured by this time everything would just be smooth and there's no bumps in the road and there's no, I don't need to learn anymore, I don't need to do anything, I could just have my life. And it's not like that at all because other people in, are in the, in the picture and I'm in the picture so there's always growth to be and that's kind of like I never thought this would be. Never thought that I'd have to have, have growth now. So um, around five years ago I started a path of being a spiritual counselor and that required a lot of schooling with my church. I'm Jewish but I go to religious science so you could be Jewish and do that. It's not, a, it's not denominational but it's a spiritual program and it's it's like this with OA, with the 12 steps. It was, it was um, discovered at the same time. It was started at the same time. Anyway, so um, I started becoming a spiritual counselor. So I, so I, and my sponsor was getting older and older and was sicker and sicker. So it was easy just not to do the steps work with her anymore. I was spo- I'm sponsoring. And I, what I do every day is I email my food to my food sponsor, who's becoming my sponsor now. Um, my food, I email my weight, what I'm going to eat and what I ate so that it matches. And if it doesn't match, I just text her and tell her what I'm changing. I need to be accountable even today because I'm finding out how I am not and never will be normal. Chapter 3 in the big book, I am like a man that has lost his legs. I'm never going to grow new ones. And that's a really startling thing to have to know now. So, okay, so um, my sponsor has not been available for like five years now. So I've been emailing my food and I email what's going on. I see a spiritual counselor twice a month, every, every other Monday, to just deal with things. But I became a vegan, um, like, as I said, almost six years ago. And th- I like that best. But my weight was going up and my doctor was saying, just throw some nuts in your, you know, eat some nuts when you, when you, um, when you're hungry in between. I thought, that's not going to work for me. So I, I measured it out and I, I reported it, but it doesn't work for me at all. So I'm putting that on my abstinence. What, what I do is when I put a food on the abstinence, I stay one day at a time for a week, then another week, then another week. I just abstain and abstain and then by January 1st it'll be up official but I have no plans of ever eating nuts again because I can't I'm not like normal people for God's sakes I just hate this so anyway so um they weren't even that great to eat but it's like you know the doctor said to do it so I have to try it it's like no so anyway so um so I email my food and what I've because these resentments are coming up and oh so I went to school for the five years lots of studying lots of studying at 65 I don't remember things as well as I used to so I had to really study harder you know I really I like studying 30 40 hours a week and doing homework and stuff like that so I became a, um, a practice a licensed practitioner at my church three years ago so I've been seeing clients and going through my having my life. I have a charity I run for low-income children. It's volunteer on my part. My husband helps me and things like that. And I just kind of like did my food, sponsored, but didn't go to meetings. So that, you know, and it were, it's fine. I'm still doing my food and all that stuff. But I'm finding that I decided around a month ago, go back to OA, go back to OA, go back to OA meetings. So I started around a month ago and because I now could talk to everybody and say who I really am, it's a different experience entirely. I just, you know, I, I came into OA um, so large and I went to this um, Serenity Sunday that was up on Santa Monica Boulevard, up on, across the street from Safeway. And I remember the ladies, they were all nice, but they it reminded me of 
high school where they're all all the am I done? Oh my god. It reminded me of all the um like the all the all the girls named Linda that were three pounds and cute little cheerleaders. You know, and I weighed I weighed two forty in high school and I, I felt so not part of. So when I came into OA and these cute little girls, they were all so nice to me, but I couldn't let I couldn't I couldn't let them in because I felt so less than. So I remember listening to them talking about having relationships and all the stuff all the stuff that I wanted and never had. So now I get to I get to be part of this human experience and I get to be abstinent I get to be I've been married I've been with my husband almost 20 years now so I had around nine years of, of, of being single and then ready you know I felt God was readying me for my husband so now I get to actually like I don't I'm not worried about abandonment so I actually like say my truth I've never ever not said my truth to my husband never I never I feel this way that if he wants to leave me that's his loss at this point you know and I love him I love him more than anything but that's what I feel and I feel that about friends you know I have really good friendships now and I actually like say who I am I say my opinion and what a it's just so different it's different it's not somewhere here it just said about the fact that I have a problem with food it's not a problem with food at all it's a problem with I wanted to not have life I wanted to be a flat line person that's what I wanted to do. And I didn't even know this stuff, by the way. I wanted a flat line and have everything be just getting by. And that's not a life. That's just death. That's death happening. And with, with an almost 300-pound body, I'm sure death would have happened. I actually had a, had a brother, and he died at age 59 of compulsive overeating and alcoholism. It ravages the body when we get, in our, when we get older. So... Um, so I have, what do I want to say in three minutes? So right now what I'm doing is, is I made an appointment with my food sponsor. I think she's going to become my sponsor. Um, she offered, I, I emailed her yesterday saying this 10 pounds won't come off. And I've been eating chicken and fish, which I can't stand doing, for 10 days now. What's going on here? Well, it's the resentment that I have. I have a couple of resentments, and I need to work the program. So she emailed me back this morning and said, would you like to do writing and read it to me? And I thought, thank you, God. I just, I'm so, I'm so um, humbled that somebody wants to help. That, you know, I could say, yes, absolutely, I want you to help me. I want you to help me. And I, it's just, this is taking so long for actually to let people in to, to be able to get help. You know, it's so easy helping, but it's not easy. Now it's going to be easy accepting, but it wasn't easy before. So, um, so anyway, so I get to, I, I emailed her back this morning and I said, yes, please, I would like you to read my writing. And I've already started it. And I said, can you give me a few days to, I really want to process this. So maybe a few days or a week and I could come back and, um, and make an appointment for you to read it. And so this is going to be, it's just going to be where she's going to sponsor me. I'm sure it's just, you know, it didn't come like a normal thing where, will you sponsor me? But I've been sending her my food for 10 years now. So it's like, I, and I need this now. So it's kind of, and she has less absence than me, but she has the same weight loss as I have, or even more than me. And she's maintained it for like 15 years. So it doesn't matter that somebody, at first I thought it had to be somebody with more time than me. It's like, no, I just need, a, I need to help. So that's what she's giving me. So, you know, I don't, I, I'm, I, my food is really lovely and all that stuff. I'm not saying I need help because I'm overeating. It's, I need help because I've never been in a 65-pound, you know, 65-year-old um, body. And I, and I need to figure out how much to work out. I work out five days a week now. So it's like, oh, my God, I can't do more than that probably. But maybe I'm doing, could do something different. I need ideas. So, therefore, I go to another person. God, I believe, works through other people. So I have to let that happen. So speaking of God... 
when I came in the only time I ever said God was every night when I passed out I would say God I don't want to do this again and then in the morning I would wake up and do it again that food so now I have a relationship with God and I started off with God as um, so I never even thought about it I started off with God as who makes rainbows because somebody told me to do that how do I start so who makes rainbows it certainly isn't me there has to be a power that's greater than me that makes rainbows that's how simple I started it and then I built it so now it's a power than me bigger than me that actually helps me eat planned meals that are that are normal size they're normal that you would never think they weren't normal size you know and I don't snack a lot I'm not a big snacker it's I just don't I don't and I don't I eat fruit for sweets I don't eat sweets I don't eat flour so anyway so um, but that has to be God it can't be me because me in my head got me up to almost 300 pounds so it can't be me that's doing this so that's what I get to build God on that which is a really neat foundation so time's up oh so anyway so thank you for letting me share I hope somebody got something out of it thank you <laughs> I got a lot thank you This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also remember that the opinions of a leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. If being recorded, please remember if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. If being recorded, please restate the question after it is asked. Hello. I was asked if there's any daily practices that I have. I wake up in the morning and I weigh myself. I talk to God first thing and decide my food. My food has to be clear or I'm not going to be clear all day. So I, I talk to God all day. I um, meditate around an hour a day. I write almost every day and how I do it is I say dear God and I let it rip. So I talk to God every day and being a spiritual counselor I'm pretty much in touch with God a lot because God is everything or nothing like it says in the big book. And as I said I started going back to meetings. I've gone to a meeting every day this week. I've spoken like at four meetings this week. I, I just keep being asked so I'm just doing service. Um, I do service a lot. And I learned that in program, and I write. I'm, I, I do. I use the tools still. I just didn't, never didn't go to meetings for a while. So that's my daily practice: is meditation every day, and then writing every day. Hello. Yes, oh yeah, yeah, well, um, when I first was abstinent, I was going to around 10 meetings a week, and I will never forget, I was, I lived in the valley the whole time, but I came to meetings on this side of the hill, and I was in Century sitting having fellowship with um, everybody before dinner before the Thalians meeting at the Cedar Sinai we used to have them and I was wearing a, a short skirt for the first time since I was abstinent 
and I thought I was going to die. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to die. I was so it was it was so frightening and so painful. I didn't know what to do. And my first thought was go buy something else, but I didn't do that. I started I just excuse my I couldn't tell anybody because I wasn't able to talk by that time yet. I couldn't just say I'm uncomfortable and cry. I couldn't I wouldn't couldn't do that so I just started writing I just excused myself and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote I don't think I ever told people about it I don't think I even read it to my sponsor I didn't I couldn't communicate with people so I wasn't able to do that but that was the first time I felt I was alive I didn't go back go to the food so that was the first time so I started actually not eating you know I, I, I wasn't allowed to eat so I had to go do things so that's when I started waking up so I found how frightened I was you know and when I was molested, I was on Pico and La Cienega, where I used to live. And with my sponsor at the time, we went back there and I did my fourth step with her. So I could go back there now and, you know, it still breaks my heart that I couldn't tell my parents. But, but it's like it's not, it's not affecting me. I'm alive now. So meeting my husband when I was nine years abstinence and I could actually tell him my truth. So these are live things. These are not, these are recovery. So those are the things, you know, and then going back and look. It's taken me a lot of years to be able to share myself with people. A lot of years. Maybe 25 years of abstinence before I could start sharing like I do now. So it's just a process. But, you know, people, the first thing people always say is, how long did it take you to lose your weight? Well, that wasn't the point. The point was, when did I wake up? And that was a great question. Thank you. So I woke up. I just, it was gradual. I just kept waking up and going to the pen and paper rather than the food. You know, somebody kind of share really fast that somebody told me in a meeting really early that, um, that she always would look for answers in the cupboards in the refrigerator. So she put a pen and paper everywhere in her freezer and all the every single place in her pantries so that when she opened it up, she would write rather than eat. Uh, so that's what I learned to do. Her name was Mary. I've never seen her again, but she said that at a meeting and I did that. So I would just. I would just write. I wrote. I wrote on toilet paper. I wrote everything. So I did everything because I was told I wasn't allowed to eat. So I, you know, what are you going to do? So I sit on my hands and or write. So and they, ha- I would always say, you know, I write with this hand and hold other people's hands. Well, that's not the truth. I couldn't do that for years. I couldn't hold somebody's hand for years. Now I can, but I couldn't do that before. So that's I just, that's how I woke up. Hope that answered. Hello, and then you. I see. You. Hi. Yes. Um, what have I done to change my image of my body? I take. The, I believe that um, that self care is a really high spiritual practice. I believe that with everything I own. I believe that. And I have some good examples in my life that do self-care before anything else. They're like one of my ministers, self-care, self-care. And that's what I do. So I work out. That's the first thing I do in the morning. I don't care what anybody, they could say, let's go shopping, let's go to brunch, let's do this. I, I work out. I take care of myself. I eat right. I eat organic. I practice. I'm going back to vegans. I don't like this chicken stuff. So, you know, and... um but the whole thing is, is like just, I try to take really good care of my body. I get massages. I get facials. I'm lucky. I get to do all this stuff. So I can't. I could say that other people are not. So I know that. But my husband and I worked hard our whole life so we could have a really nice, um, um, what do you call it, a retirement. So I do self care and I just look at myself and I think that's not that's not terrible for 65. You know, that's all I could say. So I stay in good shape. I really do. I stay in good shape. My husband's a mountain biker and a golfer and he's 70. 
So he's in good, way good shape, like really good shape. So that's what motivates me too. And he he thinks I'm really he likes what I look like, so that helps too. But it's really inside. I feel fine, you know. I wish I didn't have this 10 pounds, which I'm gonna it's gonna go as soon as my resentments go. So, so anyway, thank you for asking. Oh yeah, hello. Hi. Thanks for your share. That was actually my question was about the resentment. Um, if you've been able to identify what they are, um, and once your sponsor said it, that obviously was an epiphany. Were you able to identify the resentments and then use the steps to let them go? And is that helping in the meeting? Okay, what's going on is um, when I had dinner a week ago not last Thursday but the week before with my friend she said you probably have resentments and I thought and then I then I've been thinking about it and she's totally right there are resentments from the past I'm still doing my writing I'm going to read it to um to her my food sponsor who might be coming obviously becoming my sponsor I'll read it to her next week I'm not done with the writing yet I know exactly what I, what resentments I have one of them actually I've been doing writing with my minister that I see her a spiritual counselor I've been doing it and he gave me an affirmation to know that there's no separation between the person I resent and myself that they're they're showing up in a way that I'm not happy about but they still have God in them because if God is everywhere then God is in them too and that's hard to look at when I hate somebody there's one person I hate in the world my husband's ex-wife, by the way, so I'll just tell everybody. <laughs> so, you know, and, um, you know, so I have, to, I have to keep doing this affirmation. It's a whole page that we wrote. I do the affirmation every day saying, you know, that she's doing the best she could do. And I don't need to see her so I could, until she shows up in a loving manner, I could choose not to see her. But I could also know that she's doing the best she could do and that she just thinks she's separated from God. And that's why she has um, issues that she doesn't know her oneness with God so that's what we go back to and that goes see that see how nicely that that melds with the 12-step program because in um, in the big book it says God is on page 53 God is everything or God is nothing which one will it be that's what it says so I chose that in the beginning God's going to be everything because food can't be because food screwed me up so bad you know excess food so I'm identifying it still, but I know that what, that's one, and that I know that um, some family members that just never protected me when I was younger, and I'm going to go back and I just thought I dealt with it, but obviously it's on a deeper level now. So yeah, I know who it is, definitely. Mm-hmm. Hello. Thank you. Could you talk about your experiences with steps six and seven? Yes, I could tell you my experience of steps six and seven. Yes, my favorite step is step six in the AA twelve and twelve. When it says praggles, I was told, pride, resentment, anger, gluttony, lust, envy, and sloth. That is so neat because I, you know, I don't want to say, I'm, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm a broken person needing to be, be mended. I'm just like, I have coping mechanisms that didn't work before. I don't want to say I have defects. I don't like that because it could be a defect, but it's not, it's, I'm not broken. I'm a, I'm a whole person. You know, I just didn't show up properly, you know, in a loving way and to myself or anybody else. So um, what I did is I used the praggles. I still do. And that's how I work my, my thing. My, my lots of pride for 25 years if I couldn't share with you all, right? It's all pride. So I, I just, every time I see things not working in my life, I just look for praggles. I just do that. So that's page 66 of the AA 12 and 12. It's my favorite page of the whole 12-step program. And because I get to... One of the sponsors I had before, she said, we're going to take a dental tool and dig, dig, and dig. It didn't hurt, 
it hurt like my heart didn't hurt my body but um but we got, got to really got to see i got to see about my lack of trust for people and not blaming anybody just i just never trusted because i didn't learn it learn it so um lots of pride gluttony of course when it was when i was in my disease so i that's how i do it and then what i do on step seven is um what's the opposite i would just write down the defect and then what's the opposite so that i could aspire to be the opposite of the of the coping mechanism so pride so i'm now open up it's not you know i'm just i'm telling you what i who i am so you know that's that's the opposite of pride for me so that's how i do it and i'll still do this with the other writing i'll do it with the, with the food sponsor did i answer oh thank you thank you I don't know how that works. Oh, how does how does my weight still hold on when I um, as a resentment? I don't know how, but people tell me all the time. People tell me that it's resentment that I'm holding on to, and that's how you hold on to weight. It's a protection, so I don't feel angry and, get, and want to kill somebody. So I'm, this 10 pounds is, is just protecting me from wanting to kill the people. That has to be. I, that's how. That's me. You know, I. You know, I, that's what I, that's my truth. Is my tr- you know I don't walk around with a lot of anger except for a couple people, and the one in particular I would like to you know I like when we we're doing punching in, in my aerobics class I, I'm punching her face every time. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. You know, and I've never said an unkind word to her or about her to anybody. Now that I'm on tape, no one's going to hear it. No one's going to hear this. But um, you know, but but I still want to punch her face out. So therefore, it's. it's a, can I just, Oh, five minutes. Okay. Did it help? Yes. Okay. Terrell. My love. Hello. So, um, <laughs> I go to my meetings. So I assume that because you have judgment on meetings. Judgment <laughs> on meetings. And how did you work your program to let go of that judgment so you could come next to the next room? Yes, I, I um, you asked how I res, um, resolved the judgment of meetings that made me come back to OA. My one thing I was doing a lot of homework, so I kept saying, "Well, I don't want to go to meetings because I'm doing a lot of homework," and I because I wasn't able to share with anybody anyway. I felt the meetings were not useful to me. Guess what? You know, I'm useful to other people, and now I get to. So I, I went away for like five years of meetings only to. Um, and I, I had a spiritual path that it, it was like God went into my throat, took my guts and wringed me out, and then came me, I came, I came out a different person. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. That's what the spiritual five years of studying was. It was, it, cha- it was to change me at first, then to be able to learn how to work with other people. So I came back to OA because I thought I could be of service. I could actually let, let people see me now. I couldn't do that five years ago. Five years ago, I was 23 years absent, 24 years absent, and I couldn't let anybody see me or know me. So, um, so I decided, and I was talking to somebody that has a lot, the same time as me, and same weight loss as me, and she was saying how she doesn't like going to meetings anymore. I said, yeah, but you could be of service, I'm, I'm of service to other people. So that's how I feel, but it's also, this person that I reconnected with that I had dinner with two, 10 days ago, told me that I have resentment. So I would have never reconnected with her and had dinner with her if I didn't go to meetings. That's where I saw her. I, did, I wasn't going to go meet her in my house. She didn't know, I don't know her even. Until, you know, I only knew her, I've known her a month. And she was, she was like an angel on earth telling me. So we're, if I'm open and I'm open to listening and talking, I could actually 
be helpful to people and they could be helpful to me. Because that's why I'm not leaving meetings again, trust me. And it wasn't because I went back to binging. I never, ever varied my food. Never, ever. Not one. Never, never. My abstinence is, is like, they say that my abstinence is perfect and my food plan, you know, I did eat nuts when I shouldn't, you know, that kind of stuff, but not a lot. I weighed and measured it and I reported it. But... Um, my food plan was fine. My, my life was fine, except for the fact that I didn't go to meetings. So I'm so happy to be here in meetings. Did I answer good? Okay. Did I answer enough? Okay. Hello. Uh, hi. Thanks for sharing. You mentioned that you had a lot of events, uh, a lot of events today. Um, can you share about a few certain ones? Oh, 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 oh. yes. Um, I, I did my eighth step and ninth step. I've still, I still make mistakes and I have to apologize, but in the beginning, um, I remember I was a business manager in Beverly Hills for a CPA firm, and I made one of the CPAs cry. He was a guy, and I made him cry, and that was when I, I was in my 20s now. I told you I was really kick-ass person. I was really kick-ass. I made him cry, and I had to go, I'm not gonna, I shouldn't even say his first name, so I'm not going to do that, but um, anyway, I made him cry. And, by the way, my boss is the one that called me a ball breaker. He loved that fact that I was like this. He loved this. High-powered Beverly Hills CPA business managers and high-powered entertainment. He loved the fact that I did this kind of stuff. Anyway, so I, um, I had to go back and apologize to him. So I, feel, I felt bad all these years later. I was in my 20s, and I made my apologies you know, 20 years later. 15, 20 years later. The second one was I was working with somebody and I was so mean to her I almost got her fired because she liked the same guy as I did and I was in my 30s and that's not right. And I was in power. You know, I'm, I was like, you know, I was like a, a, you know, that was terrible. And now it's all in the news. But like, I wasn't a sexual predator. But, you know, I was, I used my power and I just, I didn't want her to like, he was a younger guy too. It's like, that's how sick I was. And um, I acted. I'm not, I wasn't sick, but I acted sick. So what I got to do is, I couldn't find her. And I'm not going to say her name either. But um, I was in the um, self-realization center on Sunset Boulevard one day just meditating in the church and I couldn't find her for years we're talking years and somebody sits next to me and we're, we're meditating and then I look over and it's her and she had moved she had moved to New Mexico years before we're talking I was in my you know years before and um, she came back because her brother had passed away and she came to the funeral and wanted to come to the church there I got to make my amends but that was like years later so that's how my amends have been. It's been a wonderful experience. Time's up. It's been a wonderful. Making amends is wonderful. It wasn't as easy as it would be now because I'm open more, but, you know, it was wonderful. So it was a good experience. Nobody, nobody murdered me. <laughs> Thank you.